how does being present support you in sex, love, relationships? And what does it mean to be present in your body, in yourself, in order to improve all of those areas? Stay tuned for this new episode of the Sensual Power Podcast. Welcome to the Sensual Power Podcast. This is a podcast for women, AFAP people, and anyone looking to learn more about generational trauma, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse, sacred sexuality, and healing any wounds around money, sex, relationships, self, and doing expansion work with that. Everything that I'm talking about is based on my own experiences of healing and the work that I do with my clients. Keep in mind, though, I am a cis white woman, so the views that I express do come with a sense of privilege, and if harm is done, I am always willing to repair harm, so please reach out if that happens. Otherwise, stay tuned and listen to your next episode right now. Welcome back to your Sensual Power podcast. I am your host, as always, Valerie Schrader. Today, we are going to talk about being present with yourself, with your body, and most particularly when it comes to sex, love, and relationships. So to get started with this, I just want to take a moment and really ask that as you're listening to this podcast, take time to just get yourself relaxed, get yourself into a state where you're not distracted You know, if you're listening to this while driving or something like that, totally fine. But really take time right now, if you can, to get yourself settled and just focus solely on the topic at hand. Because that in itself is an act of staying present. When you can not multitask and do all of the things, but really just absorb one piece of stimulus at a time it really helps us absorb what we are experiencing in a much fuller and deeper way. So there's your first tip. Now, when I talk about being present, I want to establish what I mean by that first. Because we hear it, but a lot of us don't understand it. And especially if you are somebody that has struggled with much of your life learning to be present, if that's a struggle for you on a regular basis, I want to give you some tools and tips too on how to start really working through that. So when it comes to being present, in its simplest terms, it means to just be focusing on what is true, what is real right now. We're not thinking about the past. We're not thinking about the future. We are not distracting ourselves with, you know, different stimulus or um, numbing agents like alcohol, food, binge watching, all of the other things. And I'm not saying you can't partake in those things occasionally, but learning to just be present with what's going on in that moment. And sometimes that even applies to cutting out additional noise and just learning to sit with yourself. Be in company with yourself without needing to actively do something that can be really, really hard to do. So if you are that person that like 
Maybe you've struggled to um, clear your mind, right? Maybe like you're that person that every time you try to meditate, you think you've got to drop everything. You've got to get your mind completely blank. And that becomes the most frustrating, impossible practice that you've ever tried in your life. First of all, I get it. (laughs) I've seen many people go through this. I grew up in spaces of meditation and yoga and healing work with my dad and my grandmother leading and or or being led. And one thing that was (laughs) very difficult for me at a young age was to learn to meditate because I couldn't sit still, right? As most children can. And then as I got older, it became challenging as I already had some lived trauma experiences to do that again because I couldn't sit still with myself and my dad would just he would try so hard to help me focus on my breath and focus on just counting my breath knowing my breath uh, being with my breath And I would be able to do it for like a few seconds and then a thought would come in and I would get really frustrated by the fact that a thought would come in and he would always try to be very gentle with me and be like, it's okay, let the thought go. And what I didn't understand at first and until I got better at this and then, you know, got to a place where I was also teaching meditations, I understood that what he was explaining to me wasn't about judging the thoughts or like letting them go and clearing it. It was about letting it happen and not trying to actively shame myself for it, not trying to actively make it a big deal. Again, when we hear about meditating, we oftentimes hear about clearing our mind as a way to be present with ourselves. And that's a big misconception. Again, I've I've grown up with this. My dad has taught thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands of people at this point, how to meditate, how to be present with themselves, how to connect to their divine selves. And my grandmother, probably even more than that at this point, when before she passed. And what was always true of that was that it wasn't about clearing everything out. It wasn't about trying to force something to stop happening it was about letting whatever is there be there and not making a big deal about it so if you're that person that you want to try to be present through meditation and maybe you have meditations that you've listened to or maybe you're one of my subscribers and you subscribe to my meditations which you can do on this podcast And you get frustrated or maybe, you know, you've done meditations in coaching spaces, whether me or somebody else, and you get frustrated because thoughts come in. What the point of being present in the meditation is, is to just be with what's there. And that means there's going to be moments where thoughts come in. That means there's going to be moments where things happen. And instead of making it a big deal, see it. And let it go. Don't make it a big deal. Because what will happen over time is the thoughts and things will start to filter out, right? So what about being present with your body? Because that's more about being present with your mind, but it goes with your body. When you're present with your body, it's kind of the same thing. 
instead of me judging what I'm experiencing, instead of me making it mean something when I am having an experience within my body, I'm not judging it. I'm just noticing it. You almost become an observer versus like an active participant in things. And it's not that you're not participating. You're just not making it feel like this very forced performance, right? Of doing something. So it's a very roundabout way to help explain being present with yourself. But hopefully that gives you a little bit more insight. And this applies to so many areas of our lives. Again, when we are being present, think about when you're in a relationship and you're having a conversation with a partner. Are you actually present or are you filtering through what they're saying to you, preparing a response? Because again, if, if the point of being present is to focus on the here and now and not what's happened in the past and what's happened in the, or what could happen in the future, you preparing a response in your head is an act of preparing for the future. So what if you just listen to listen and take a moment to absorb? One of the things that I find so often when I coach clients on relationship issues, whether they're in a relationship or they want to get into one and they are finding it a struggle to be in a, a more conscious relationship with their partner. Maybe there's some issues around sex where there's a lack of intimacy, a lack of connection, or the communication has died down or it's just never been there, right? A lot of that is happening because we're not taking the time to be present. We are focused on things that happened from our past, whether with that partner or not even with them. And we don't even realize that we're there. We don't even realize that we're doing it, but it's what's happening. We're there and then we're also trying to, f we're coming into conversations in partnership and this goes beyond romantic partnership. This is with everything, but we're there trying to prepare how we're going to react and what outcome we want to have out of it. It doesn't mean that you don't have to, or, or that you have to let go of having a goal, right? If you want to have a conversation with your partner about building deeper intimacy, um, clearing up a conflict, having a better sex life, or, you know, really getting to know each other deeper. Yes, you can want those things, but focus first on just being present and use those desires to come into being present from a space of being really loving being in your highest self, right? We hear often about highest self and it's really just the version of you that's coming into any situation with the goal of what is most harmonious for everyone involved, including you. We don't act from that place often because we're not taught to do that in our society often. Most of the time we're not taught to do that. We're taught to just get by. And in a patriarchal society, we're also taught that everybody and everything is a threat to us and we see it as competition or a challenge to get where we want and to get what we want. But when we show up in presence in our interactions with each other, especially in a relationship, 
we show up in ways that are so much more loving, so much more holding, and we're able to actually get to the root of problems that we're having, desires that we have, conversations that need to be had to take us to next levels of growth. And this also happens with ourselves too. So in conjunction with that, we need to be present with our body and understand what's going on. It's not just the mind, but it's, it's the body too. So this comes up often in sex where I find people have numbed out or they're experiencing pain or they're even just full-blown disassociating during sex. They're in their head. They're worried about the orgasm. They're worried about, you know, performing and they're thinking about things or they're not actually enjoying what's going on at all or certain activities, certain pressures, certain movements, right? They're not enjoying it entirely and they're in their head about it and they're thinking about it and they can't be present. In those situations, again, this is where we slow down, focus on what is really happening in that moment and ask ourselves the questions of why. If you're experiencing pain or numbness, can you check in and ask why? Can you even involve a partner in that if you're in a partnership in any form? And that doesn't even have to be in a, you know, like long-term committed relationship of any kind. That can be a dating situation. That can literally be a, you know, one night hookup where you are both having fun. (laughs) I think a lot of times we think of... Um, the context of really being present with our body and our mind and what we want and don't want in sex and pleasure in, in a relationship setting. But it's with all of it. And it is actually possible to have, you know, one-time hookups or casual dating or friends with benefits, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't care the terminology. It's possible for that to be done in conscious ways. And it all comes from being present and seeing what it is that's there. What are you noticing in your body? What are you experiencing? What do you want to experience with that person? What are your concerns? What are your desires? And being present with all that to express it. One of my favorite couples activities to do is to teach guided massage. I love doing this because it helps with the mind presence and the body presence at the same time. So I'll have couples face each other and, and have one partner begin to give the massage and one to receive it. And I have both of them do this, even if one partner struggles a lot more with communication and being present. Because it, it's still something that's important to do. And even if you are in you know, varying types of relationships. Maybe if you're in a polyamorous relationship, there's multiple partners. It, it still works, right? But I will have partners sit face to face and I will have one partner give another a hand massage. And as they're giving the massage, they're checking in and asking, do you like this? How does this pressure feel? What are you noticing? 
how would you like me to change this? And at the same time, they're not, they're also not the only one that needs to ask the questions. The partner that is receiving can give the information freely and saying, can you do a little bit of compression before you rub instead of a circular motion with your thumb? Can you do like more of a slow rub, like where you pull back on the joint, right? They can give these types of things. Can you lighten the pressure? Can you speed it up? And the whole time that they're doing this, what the goal is, is to stay present and be present with what they feel. Does it feel good to them or is it just okay or is it bad, right? And if they're finding at the same time as they're doing this, some emotions coming up, right? Are they feeling agitation or comfort? Are they experiencing fear of judgment over their responses? Or are they finding themselves relaxing in ways that they've never experienced before? And if there is something coming up, good or bad, right? And, and it, that's all perceived. Why? What about this is changing it? You know, if there's some bad emotions or, or what we associate as bad emotions coming up, if there's fear of judgment coming up, why? Where's that coming from? When you can get present with that and get present what's going on with your body, you can also work through things. And it's not about, again, um, being stuck in the past, but kind of using it in that moment to understand why the present moment discomfort or fear or whatever is coming up and at the same time if we're experiencing a sense of freedom or relaxation for the first time and we've never experienced that before why is it because for the first time we're actually really really taking charge of our body and we're connecting to what we're feeling and we're just focusing on what feels good without any big goal if that's the case, then maybe what's been going wrong in your sex life when you're struggling to have the orgasm and it doesn't happen or it takes a lot of work to happen is you just have been making this goal to have the orgasm and then getting in your head and it's become a whole situation and a whole thing and you're not actually enjoying it. You're not actually being present for what's happening and what's going on. So it's causing you to lose the presence of being in pleasure, right? If you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, this is a lot, this is heavy. Yes, it is. <laughs> sit with it all. Sit with a lot of this because it is a big challenge for a lot of us to recognize how little we stay present with ourselves. Um, as far as, you know, struggling to orgasm, struggling with pain and numbness, I get it. I've been there. I spent so much of my sex life in my 20s and early 30s there. And then as I aged and I started really doing the work with myself, I understood what it felt like to be present with my body and my mind at the same time. I could see where I was struggling. A lot of times I find when people find themselves shutting down to intimacy 
and physical affection. It's because a lot of time has been spent ignoring when they were a yes to it or a no to it, or maybe they just weren't honoring how they wanted it in that moment, right? Maybe they said yes to sex or penetration or any other activity before they were actually warmed up and ready for it. And they've done it so many times in their life that their body is like, enough, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. In relationships, when we find ourselves shutting down from our partners again, a lot of that comes with, we just haven't taken the time to honor what it is that we really need, what we're going through. We haven't worked through things from our past, maybe in that relationship or in other relationships or even childhood, because a lot of our conditioning of relationships comes from what we know in our uh, relationships with our parents and then what we see our parents doing or guardians. So if that's the case, then we shut down, right? Because we don't like to know what's there. We don't want to have to deal with hard things. And that's why it becomes so challenging for us to be present with ourselves, especially when we're talking about sex, love, and, and relationships. It is such a challenge to be present when we know there are things that we need to address that are uncomfortable, whether it's about ourselves or, or uncomfortable within the relationship. And that can be in so many different ways. I actively participated in my relationships where I would agree to living together, to marriage, to being engaged, right? To, to having a specific type of relationship. And it always caused problems. I always felt just this sense of being caged in somehow. And as I started doing the work to be more present with what I wanted, who I was, and my body and myself, I had to come to terms with the fact that, yes, I had dated some and, and been in relationship with some really toxic partners. My, my daughter's father, um, my ex-fiance, and, and a few other long-term relationships I had, like, they were toxic relationships. But on my end... What I had struggled with when I was really thinking about dating again was that I had actively participated in aspects of those relationships that I didn't actually want, but they were what I was told I should want. You know, we're all told that we should want to get married and live together and have this whole progression of a relationship and it just never fit me. I remembered being in high school talking to friends of mine in a group and openly saying like I had no desire to get married like I wanted to travel around the country and the world and do things. I wanted a kid but I didn't want to get married. And I remember, again, as I was really, really delving into myself and doing a lot of healing and, and coming into my sexual self and myself as a sexual being and how I wanted to interact in relationships, 
I went back to that and I, I talked to my therapist about it and I was like, you know, I took that and added that to so much trauma where I believed that I was just a body and meant for sex and it caused so many problems for so many years of me using my body um, or allowing my body to be used by men that I didn't really like or people that I didn't really like and want. But what was even deeper than that is I didn't trust taking the time to be present with myself enough. I didn't trust taking the time to really question what it was that I wanted and didn't want in this world in a way that would have allowed me to say, yeah, actually, I don't want to get married. And then as that grew, I realized like, I don't even want to live with a partner. That's just not the type of relationship that I want. So as I discovered more and more, there was also then this fear of, you know, here I was coaching people too. And I was like, oh my God, I can't tell clients this. Or like, I can't talk about this publicly because people are going to be like, well, who the fuck are you to talk about relationships if you don't want marriage? And how can you coach people that are in marriages? And I had to let go of all of that because all of that is around the same belief that I needed to be married to be happy. I needed to do relationships in a certain way to be happy. And it didn't work. It, it made me miserable every time I did it. And it wasn't just because I was in toxic relationships when I did it. It was because I was also not being true to myself. And that would have been something so easy to recognize had I actually taken the time to just slow down, quiet all the outside distractions and ask myself the questions. What do I feel? What do I want right now? And if I had done that, much like discovering that I was putting a lot of performance pressure on myself insects and I also had spent so much time never ever saying no when something didn't feel good or when I just didn't want to do it in sex that I had built up pain and numbness and all of this other distracting behavior during sex in relationship aspects I wasn't even being true to what I wanted because I just wouldn't slow down enough to say out loud what I knew was already there underneath it all and that's usually the thing about being present with yourself is the answers that come to you when you look back on them they're really not that shocking they were always there they're always somewhere in the background just whispering and we ignore them because it means we have to make changes right and we fear those changes because we fear rejection we fear rejection from a loved one, we feel rejection from our partner, we, we don't want that. We feel rejection from the world. If we maybe our, our desires and wants when it comes to relationships and sex don't fit into the quote unquote standard, right? For me, that meant I actually loved solo polygamy. And for those of you that don't know what that means, it essentially means that I consider myself my primary partner. Anybody that I date outside of that is 
like a added partner, but I consider me my primary partner. So I date, I have these fulfilling relationships, but it's on terms that don't fit a normal standard. There's not this end goal of living together and getting married. And that's also done in a way where I get to be open to changing that in the future if that were ever to be desired. But that meant I also had to trust and let go of this fear that I was going to get rejected by people, that I was going to disappoint people. Like I had even this irrational fear in my head that my father was going to reject me. And my father hasn't remarried ever. Um, And he's been single. And I know, you know, like there's more to that. But like, why would somebody that has himself not remarried (laughs) judge his daughter for not wanting to remarry and wanting to, to get into a marriage and anything like that? All he ever wanted was for me to be happy, but I still had this irrational fear of judgment. And then I had a judgment of, oh my God, my clients aren't going to want to work with me because I don't personally believe in marriage and I don't want that for myself. And I had to recognize, I'm like, yeah, but do I know how to have a really conscious relationship? Do I know how to help a relationship be better? To be more fulfilling, to be sexually passionate and alive in whatever way they choose that to be. Absolutely. And do I know how to help them get to that point? Fuck yes, I do. So when we struggle with being present with the things that we fear dealing with, what we're missing out on is letting more in. Because what I find to be true all the time with myself and with any client that I've had that starts having these honest moments with themselves, really just getting quiet and seeing what's there, what's alive, what's present, starting to slow down when they're experiencing intimacy and sex and physical connection is that everything gets so much better again I have very fulfilling relationships, more so than I ever did when I wouldn't admit what I really wanted because the partners that I've had ever since then have been in alignment with me. And when something ended, it wasn't this big blow up toxic thing that I, you know, needed tons of therapy to deal with and was completely destroyed over it was more of I love and respect you and this just doesn't align with where we're each at now and that's okay right and and there's no hurt there's often continued friendship sometimes not and it's just not, and it has nothing to do with not you know, other than like, we just don't align anymore. Right. We just don't mesh up. And as with many relationships, they, they run their course and some continue or some change and some end. But what I've found true also is the people that I was most worried about judging me for my decisions. I got yet more evidence that they were always going to love me. In fact, they love me more and they respect me more because of my honesty 
because I'm saying what I need. You know, my father, my clients, they get so much better from me because of my honesty, because I'm able to also fully help them without having this little nagging thought in my head of like, I don't know what to do. I know exactly what to do. I know exactly how to help and a guide. It's just now I'm doing it with being fully honest with myself. And that came from just, again, getting present, getting real with myself and what I wanted and who I was. Sex-wise, my sex life is wildly different. It is wildly fulfilling, not just with a partner, but with myself, because I actually take the time to notice what my body wants and needs. I speak up because of that. And again, this is not just true for me. This is true for every client that I've worked with, anybody that I know that does this type of work with themselves. So if you're listening to this, and you're recognizing where maybe there's some areas that you are not present with yourself, that you don't take the time to be present and recognize what you want and need, or maybe, you know, you are struggling with painful sex, with numb sex, with disassociating during sex, by getting in your head and worrying about performing and things like that. And this can be for anybody, I don't, regardless of gender identity. Take some time to set up some safety. Just really, really offer yourself deep safety. Maybe that's meditating on a mantra or or trying that. Or maybe that's using evidence like this that it is safe to do that. Evidence in, in past moments of your life where it's been safe to really recognize what you wanted and needed. And then just take some time to quietly get in with your body. I offer meditations like this. I teach them in coursework. If you're a vulva owner, my Pleasure Queens course is a perfect place to really work through these types of things and deepen into states of radical self-love and sexual sovereignty. So definitely check those out. I have the course coming up again in May. Yes, May. It's a moment where you have to remember your own schedule, right? But take time to do the work. Take time to just learn to start slowing down and being present. If you want to try meditation, try again just doing it. And instead of getting mad at yourself in those moments where maybe you're struggling with thoughts coming in, try in those moments to just let them happen and not make any judgment over. Instead of judging sensations that come up in your body when you're trying to relax, just notice them. And then maybe do some deeper inquiry of like, why do I feel this weird pain in my right hip? Or why do I feel this fluttery feeling in my chest, right? Just take moments to notice these things and ask the questions of yourself why they're there. If you try exercises like the guided massage or maybe you try massaging your own body and just seeing what comes up notice what that brings up for you and maybe the next time you are having a conversation with a partner or you notice like there's a disagreement going on or you want to have a conversation 
just take that moment to sit face to face or lying face to face, right? Whatever. And just at, give each other five minutes before moving on, before having any further discussion or anything like that of what are you noticing right now? That can be on sensations and emotions, right? What are you noticing right now? If you can both give each other the space to do that, you'll start noticing different things come up. I often find with partners where they're having an argument or a fight or disagreement. And if they take that pause to just tune in and they say, all right, we're doing a timeout. We have a five minute timeout or even a 30 second timeout if you just want it to be quick. Notice what's coming up for you and I'm going to notice what's coming up for me. Scan your body. Notice what feelings are there and then ask the inquiry under that, why am I feeling this way? If you haven't have enough bravery in that moment to ask your partner what they're feeling, do the exchange. Have them scan and ask, what are you noticing? Why do you feel that sensation? And have them do the reverse with you. Because what you might notice is when you're mad at your partner for the hundredth time of not unloading the dishwasher and it's just blown up into an explosive argument, what you're really mad about is you feel overwhelmed by work, by kids, by everything in your life and you just need some help. And the reason it upsets you so much when they don't unload the dishwasher is because it feels like one more thing on top of a mountain of things and you just can't carry it anymore. And when you can notice that, what you say to your partner is very different and they hear you differently. If it's a partner that truly loves you, trust me, they hear you differently. And they start to get it because to them, they're like, well, it's just a dishwasher. It's not that big of a deal. But then when they can recognize, oh, my partner's holding all of this and feels like they're under a mountain of activities and things they have to do and stress. And this one thing that I think is really small makes them feel like there's one more thing that they just can't hold anymore. That changes everything. When it comes to sex and your partner is maybe performing oral sex on you or any other thing and you feel that urgency to fake it or you get in your head or you notice something, you just take the pause and say, slow down for a moment or can you give me a pause? And you notice what's coming up when you start feeling the agitation or the, you know, desire or the need to like fake it or something else. And you realize that what's going on is you actually don't feel the same arousal that you wanted to feel. Or maybe you're feeling too dry for what they're doing and you actually could use some lubrication and some more foreplay or whatever, and you have that honest moment of saying that, what you're doing is not diminishing your partner. You're not hurting them. 
you're helping them to pleasure you more. And I don't know about you, but any partner that I've ever been with that genuinely cared about me and I cared about them. And even again, if it was more of a casual situation, but like anybody that cared about me wanting to feel pleasure when I'm with there, they are happy to take the guidance to slow down or to back off or to give me some more lubrication or to change pressure or speed or whatever. Because what I'm doing is giving them a blueprint for how to get me off and vice versa. This just being present with yourself and taking moments to do that outside of sex, outside of relationship discussion or work can be absolutely transformative in those moments. But start with them outside of it because, again, if it feels really terrifying to tackle this type of presence with yourself and your body in those moments, you need to build up evidence that it's safe by doing it outside of it through things like meditating or just taking quiet moments to breathe and maybe you take moments to massage or some other activity that involves really paying attention to one of your five senses and using that to really understand what's going on with you in that moment, both in feeling and sensation and emotion, right? It's going to take some work, the length of that, who knows, right? It just depends on what we are <laughs> either avoiding being present for or we're, we are in fear of dealing with or talking about, whatever. But I promise you, in my own experiences and the experience of my clients and anybody that I know that's done this, on the other side of that is so much goodness. So much fun, so much more ease in the way we deal with things and conflict and sex and all of it. So again, if you want to work on this and you're a vulva owner, my Pleasure Queens program is literally designed to do that, to help you step into deeper self-love and sexual sovereignty. But I also offer coaching and a few other options. So don't be afraid to book even just a free call to chat with me. No obligation for anything. I'm never that person. Or shoot me a message through here and tell me if there's something that you want me to talk about even deeper on another podcast. I want to hear. I want your, I want your experiences. I want your thoughts and feelings on this. And I want your input on what you want to hear. Because that's the whole point, right? If you resonated with this, if this taught you something or gave you something, please share it. Please give me a review and keep listening to it. Bookmark it. Send it to anybody you think can gain something out of this. And again, if nothing else, just take some time to learn to be present with yourself.